Hey, podcast listeners, this week we're going to continue on our topic of implementation teams. You have the pleasure of listening to the full interview with Elizabeth Newell, the State Transformation Assistant Administrator with the Michigan Department of Education. The conversation with Liz is a great one to listen to around linked teams because the Michigan Department of Ed has two very complex structures. They have their external structure with their linked teams where they have over 50 ISDs that are regional agencies and then their districts and then their school buildings. In addition to that, they also have a lot of internal teaming structures that needed to be addressed. So Liz's perspective will show you just how complex yet successful teaming can be for implementation. From the CISEP team with the National Implementation Research Network, this is Implementation Science for Educators, your weekly implementation science tip to support your work at the state, regional, district, and building levels. So I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite topics um, when we talk about implementation science. So we're going to jump into the idea of collaboration and team structures. So tell me about your team structure across the different levels of the system and how teams are used. Sure. So in Michigan, um, when we think about the educational cascade, we have um, supporting our students. Obviously, we have schools that are supported by districts. But then those districts are supported by intermediate school districts, and then we have the state. Um, so we really are trying to look at that, the whole, the teaming structure across the cascade um, to really look at the functions that need to be held at the respective levels of the system to really improve outcomes. Can I ask you to elaborate real quick? Sure. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that ISDs in there function different mm -hmm. in different states. Can you talk a little bit about how Michigan ISDs function? In that level in that system between the state and the districts absolutely um so in some states we have you know a district might be a whole county um in michigan um respectively we have 56 isds it's not completely by county but it's a regional piece of how the roles and functions that an isd can hold that then lifts some of the burdens around training and coordination from the district. So if we can provide more coordinated effort at the ISD and they can support different functions. So like, for example, through our special education functioning, through um, some of our, our literacy coaching, they, they hold a lot of functions that particularly some of our smallest districts don't have the capacity to do on their own. So they really function as a support agency to the districts. Um, tell me about your most successful team and what made them successful. So I really think this is a developmental question. So, um, you know, I think when you're in education, the developmentalist in you never goes away. And so when we started looking at the state level around how our teaming structure within the state department needed to function to support the implementation of something, that was one of those like, oh, we've got to function a little bit differently. So um, when we first started, there was there was a kind of a developmental piece around, you know, with how would I describe it? Kind of multiple iterations around what our teaming structure really needed to be connected to MTSS. Um, I'll just use that as an, as the example. Um, historically, as an education. Um, um, and as, as an SEA, uh, 
there was a lot of siloing across different offices um, within the agency. So the first piece was, okay, how do we bring respective members from the different um, offices together that are connected to our different MTSS supports to coordinate and align? Um, and over time, there were different iterations that kind of honed in more specifically on the functions they were supposed to hold and you know, the selection criteria of who should be on that team for what purpose. Um, and so that, that piece around the functions that are supposed to be held, you know, implementation science often talks about the difference between, um, it's about function over form. And so putting a lot of effort into really looking at those functions and what do they need to hold. And then, you know, when we have that, now that we have a solid um, MyMTSS leadership team, now then from there we went to subcommittees um, and the committees hold particular functions then so we can see how it all works together. So tell me about your communication feedback loop between teams. Let's start there. So what, is that, what does that feedback loop look like? Yeah. So I think the first piece is making sure that you're consciously aware and make an effort that who do we need to have communication feedback loops between. Um, so really looking at which link teams need to be in communication and then looking at how um, that communication is going to happen. Um, what I've learned is that often we kind of make uh, general statements around, oh, these people should be connected and, and we'll get we'll make sure they know what's going on without really formalizing the process. So within our MTSS work, we've looked at how to not only um, make sure we have concrete feedback loops between teaming structures at the department, but then look at how do we have um, communication loops like when we um, worked with the transformation zone um, around MTSS here in Michigan, how the state communicated then with the ISDs, then the ISDs to their districts and back um, for multiple reasons. Sometimes it was information, sometimes it was collaboration on, oh, when we developed our MTSS practice profile, it was, we worked together to identify what are the components that we need to have, how do we get feedback, what works with this, what doesn't. Um, so there's feedback pieces, um, and then also barrier busting. Sometimes it's a different level of the cascade that has really the power to bust a barrier. So sometimes the, you know, the building needs the district help or the district needs the ISD or the, you know, or the district needs really the state level to shift policy that might be the barrier. Um, so I think there's a lot of functions that need to be held um, and that having those, path, those paths for the communication make it a lot more efficient. Um, and then ensuring the follow-up, if it is a barrier busting piece, then making sure that the, the barrier has been addressed and then coming back with communication of what's been done to rectify. So the next question, what challenges have you faced with teams and how did you overcome them? Um, I mentioned that we kind of had this iterative process around at the state level of figuring out who should be on the team and how and when. Um, I wouldn't say we had necessarily fault starts, but when we were first learning about how to do this cross-department effort, um, we brought people together, which was the first step, but because we weren't necessarily used to coming out of our silos and coming together, Sometimes there wasn't a complete understanding of kind of why are we at the table? Why are certain people at the table? What is our, what are our individual roles and functions on this team? And then what's our, 
what are our collective roles and functions on the team? Um, so that was part of that iterative process of continuing to sharpen the tool, so to speak, around really defining those functions and learning about each other's roles enough to understand why this person's at the table. Um, so that would be a piece I really recommend as you're bringing like particularly any team together is do we understand each other's work enough to begin with to understand then how do we work as a whole? You know, I, we use the car analogy, right? Like the car doesn't run with all the different parts, but if the engine doesn't understand what the brakes do and the brakes don't understand what the engine does, you know? Even it's amazing to me how siloed people are from not only the state level, but down to the ISD, even in the district and even in the own buildings, like just the silo and the fact that you don't know what your colleagues do. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. it's surprising sometimes. Yeah. And what, so we we would come together and then there was just kind of this assumption that everybody knew what each other. Mm -hmm. So we could just pick up and go. Well, we had to back up like it became really apparent, like, oh, no, we don't all know what everybody does so how can we let's back up and really understand that so then we also could understand each other's perspectives better as right. well and then fill in gaps for each other oh you might not know this because you know this is how this works oh okay great now i understand so right yeah so so in that type of environment when when um you know you're getting to know each other's roles and and the work that you do how do you ensure all the voices and perspectives are included heard and valued through that process? Well, not surprisingly, I think it's applying learning principles, right? I mean, thinking about okay, what are we building into meetings? Is there opportunity for sharing? Is there an opportunity for breakouts in small groups? Um, are we empowering others with leadership? Um, a recent experience is um, in some other work that I work on related to coordinated supports. We were looking at some tool development and we had a, a quieter staff member that, um, you know, he's not, he's not um, an extrovert. He's just not out there, but he was really hearing some of the concepts and just took lead initiative and leadership and put together this PowerPoint around what we were talking about and it was phenomenal. And he built his humor into it. And so really trying to look for those opportunities for different perspectives to be discussed, um, whether it's big group, small group, um, shared leadership. So, you know, opening it up for opportunity for others to say, hey, I'd love to take that on. Um, and, and really trying to really help cultivate ownership across the entire team. Um, another strategy we've used with that is um, as we evolved and we had the collective leadership team, but then we also had these different committees, as the committees were forming over time and we better understood the different kind of buckets of work that needed to be happening simultaneously, we identified leads for those different committees that then really take the ownership of those committees. Um, and then we have a you know, state level action plan that illustrates all the activity happening across these teams. So it's not one person that's directing the work or it's not one person doing all the work. It's really having a collective view of, all, of our collective impact of you know, the different parts coming together. And we are down to our final question. Is there anything I haven't asked about teams that you'd like to share? I found that 
when you're in a, a human service industry, there's kind of an assumption that you have good soft skills and that you also, um, because maybe you're in education, you know how to plan lesson plan. So then that means you should really know how to plan effective meetings. And you should really know how to structure and organize the use of time and delegate and all these skills. Um, and I've learned that's not always the case. Um, so as you're looking at your teaming structure, really looking at the strengths of different individuals and um, helping them develop those skills um, to be, if, to be high, highly successful um, and not just assume that everybody just naturally has that. So listeners, if you are looking for more information on Teams, you're going to want to keep a close eye on the SysEP website and the Active Implementation Hub. Right now, there is a great blog post written by Corey Watkins, Implementation Specialist with SysEP that you can check out and the Building Implementation Interactive Module for Implementation Support Practitioners will be released shortly, so check it out.